16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, we now go under the microscope and try and make sense of uh, what came out uh, towards the tail end of last week on Friday, where South Africa sunk deeper into junk territory. Uh, this after Moody's Investor Service joined Fitch in lowering the country's credit ratings. Now, uh, Moody's cut the nation's uh, foreign and local currency rating to BA2, which is two levels below investment grade from BA1. And the outlook, uh, according to Moody's, remains negative. Now, Fitch cut the nation's uh, foreign and local currency to BB minus three levels below investment grade, uh, also placing us on a negative outlook. And uh, uh, Standard & Poor's S&P on Friday keeping their assessment of South Africa's foreign currency debt three levels below investment grade with a stable outlook. So uh, if you think about all of these entities, uh, uh, entities that Patrick Bond often calls the brothers from Manhattan, uh, well, all of them uh, uh, seem to be placing us further and further from investment grade. And the big question, what does all of this mean? What does it mean for the price of bread? What does it mean uh, for all of us who are going to be waking up uh, in the morning tomorrow? Uh, yeah, trying to eke out a living in this particular country. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Ntaviseng Muleko, who's a development economist at the Stellenbosch Business School. Uh, Dr. Ntaviseng, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, thanks so much for having me and good evening to you and your listeners. Yeah, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. So, uh, Doc, I mean, what does all of this mean? I mean, uh, what does it mean for uh, the person who's uh, in Malamulele or the person out in Gangalizu Mtata? What, what does all of this mean? So basically what uh, Fitch has said is that, uh, Fitch and Moody, is that um, they've made an assessment of the National Minister of Finance's economic uh, budget. Let me talk about the medium-term budget policy statement, that's one. Then the second that is on the back of that, which is the financing, really, of the president's economic uh, recovery plan. So they've looked at the uh, proposed revenue projections. They've looked at the uh, proposed growth numbers. And they've said, listen, we don't think you can do this. We don't think it's viable. We don't think that it's good enough in terms of growth projections. And even if you've said 3% growth, 1.5%, 1.7% growth, um, they're saying that uh, South Africa's uh, capacity from a state perspective and implementation arm, uh, the proposed uh, changes in the state are not looking like they will happen. Uh, it seems that the proposals from the National Treasury and also the economic cluster is just being uh, leveled as not good enough. So it's a no for South Africa, and therefore we go deeper further into the abyss of junk. So what they're mm. saying, therefore, is that the meaning of this is immediately the cost of borrowing rises. What is the reason for that? Is that what they do, they do projections on the probability of default of a country. So immediately your probability or your likelihood of default increases. They're not saying you're going to default, but the spillover effect of these negative mm. um, indices on all these sub-decimal sub-components um, of the measurement of this uh, BAA1 and BAA2 and downgrades and so forth, they're saying that it's looking worse it looks like because your growth is not good enough or your targeted growth is unlikely to happen, therefore you're likely, mm. your probability of default is lower, uh, is yeah. higher, sorry. So the cost of borrowing goes up. So yeah, it's I not mean, just, just a quick one. If, if, if I were to be nonchalant about it, I mean, you know, some people might say, well, does it really matter if you think about how much of our own debt in South Africa is sort of local currency denominated? Um, and uh, I guess... Uh, not a totally insignificant, but a small portion of that is 
uh, in uh, foreign uh, uh, in foreign currency and you know somebody might say well mm. you know wh what they comment about i guess even our foreign currency rating really doesn't matter if uh, a mm. higher borrowing requirement might yes, be met matters. by the local savings pool so firstly let's talk about the effect on business sentiment and investment flows we know we've come out of last week there was an investment summit and the main aim of the investment summit is to make south africa more of a viable investment destination in comparison to emerging markets. Immediately, if you have an investment downgrade, that means that from a comparative, uh, looking at Turkey, looking at Brazil, China, and any other emerging markets, you immediately are worse off. You are not as attractive as an investment destination as others are. That's number one, because why? Your risk premium is higher. So when they measure uh, this variable, they also, when you measure it from a side of any country money, uh, you measure the risk premium, and you can see that South Africa is uh, much higher. Secondly, from the man on the street, sovereign ratings are important because the money that is being used now for your health care, your education, you know, your economic programs, all the social cash transfers, they come from the budget. Now, if you are spending more on servicing debt from interest payments, so in South Africa right now, Projected debt is going to go over five trillion. Currently, it's just over four trillion. We're servicing debt at 202, 226 billion. This is from the MTBPS. Now we know that if the interest rate or the cost of servicing debt goes up, more money is taken from those services that are needed, the public service budget, to service debt. Right. So this is a bad thing. So it crowds out your spending on social problems, your social pro spending on social programs. Two, business sentiment is likely to go downwards because of the issue of you know business confidence, PMI. Mm. Sentiment is down. You want to improve sentiment. You want to build trust. Sure. Three, the asset values in terms of uh, assets are lost. Why? Because of the effect of the sovereign rating downgrade affects adversely. Uh, asset values, particularly in capital markets. So you can have mm. business sentiment going down, lots of sure. asset values, particularly in capital markets. And this combined effect in, in, in the fiscal framework is bad because what it means is it puts further pressure on the already mm. depleted revenue to be spread out, right, across the okay, different expenditure of, of, the, of the state. I, I think the point is well made, and I want us to pause here for a second and take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, we'll ask ourselves, I guess, what it means for all of the grand ambitions and grand plans. And I, th I think you've started to touch on the implications that this is going to have for social and economic spending. We'll continue after this. Six minutes it is before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope this evening and I'm joined by Dr. Antabi Muleko, And we're making sense of Moody's Investor Services decision to join Fitch in lowering the country's credit rating. And we also saw SNP on Friday keeping their assessment of South Africa's foreign currency debt uh, three levels below investment grade, albeit uh, on a stable outlook. And uh, Dr. Muleko, I guess uh, the question, certainly from some of the sort of transmission channels that you mentioned earlier, be it uh, business confidence or even, I guess, uh, you know, uh, a higher borrowing costs in a context where our borrowing requirements are also going to be much higher. Uh, this uh, certainly going to have implications for many of the grand plans that we have, be it uh, the president's economic recovery uh, uh, designs and uh, the role of infrastructure and public employment programs in that. From, from where mm. you're sitting, I mean, what, what potentially could be the knock-on or domino effect of uh, some of these decisions coming out of Manhattan? Uh, on where well, the rubber hits the road here in South Africa. I hope that the Ministry of Finance agree that 
having borrowed seven million dollars um, for uh, sorry, seven billion. I'm talking seven million. There, South Africa. We have reached another level. Uh, we 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 are talking five hundred billion uh, rands, uh, but you convert that to to your um to your to your rands and cents, and you understand that that seven billion that we borrowed. Remember, we borrowed four point three from the IMF, a billion from the the New Development Bank, and and uh, three hundred million from the African Development Bank. We cannot afford any longer to borrow. From Bretton Woods, I think that let's agree there. For me, that's clear that these mm. shortfalls that we have, we need to look at alternative mechanisms to raise finance because it's going to be very expensive. One, we keep getting told that the value of the rand to the dollar is appreciated, but that's a short-term response because anything could happen six, twelve months, and the minute you are unable to service your foreign debt, particularly uh, with these Bretton Woods, they take over your economic policy. You have no right in terms of how you're going to run your economy, and they start to mandate to you economic policy, and we don't want to be in that mm. situation. I'm hoping that we will, number one, stop borrowing from Bretton Woods. We must stop sure. borrowing from Bretton Woods, number one. Number what two, are the alternatives? it's clear we, we have alternative domestic surpluses from your capital markets. That's number one. We're sitting mm. with, um, if you look at pension funds right now, uh, mutual funds, all other type of funds, more than $8 trillion in the capital markets, in many of the developed economies and even developing. Currently, we're not talking about 20, 30 years ago. Now, they use a proportion of those assets for national development priorities through asset class infrastructure um, allocations. And so what you need to start doing is the infrastructure-led growth, which is not necessarily the correct growth path, but infrastructure as an enabler is critical. So we agree that infrastructure is necessary in underdeveloped areas, in regions where there hasn't been parity in terms of uh, mm. growth of infrastructure, so that you can propel growth. It's an enabler for growth. It improves margin, marginal productivity of capital, so your capital is able to generate returns for your people. Jobs are created, investment activity is boosted, and SMEs actually have, have local economic activity. So what you want to do, is you want to start using using your surpluses to direct it to infrastructure investment as an asset class, okay? You can do that too. You want to discipline capital and use your financial markets to improve inclusion of the growth mm. path. So that means directing investment into subsectors, just like the apartheid government did uh, prior to 1994, where they used the IDCs specifically to industrialize South Africa. They used cheap finance. And they made sure that the input to sourcing this finance was enabled, massified through these big conglomerates that they've later created. Mm. So mm. we need to do the same thing. Let's use the domestic services. It requires work. It requires a change in mindset of asset sure. managers. They have to have project management capabilities on the side of the state so that all these SOEs and all these other type of instruments that you need for infrastructure, and I'm not talking about taking to these um, SOEs which have been mismanaged, fix the governance, fix the cost models, fix the mm. operational structure, make sure that the money is not going to leak, right, into these sure. uh SOEs that are not working, and then once you get them working and you've got the right structure, you're able to create projects that have cash flows in the long run that you can actually make sure that they pay mm. back and uh, return sure. on investment for your pension funds to be able to pay in the 10, 15, 20-year trajectory. Mm. Annuities risk, investment risk is similar to infrastructure risk. It's not more. It's mm. actually the same, and so you must just sure. do analysis um, and change the mindset. So it's, it's possible. There are alternatives. Talk. 
Before I let you go, uh, let me put you on the spot quickly here, just maybe for the next 30 seconds or so. Um, the role then of uh, direct financing or even financing in the secondary markets by the central bank? So this is the central bank being the lender of last resort. I believe that mm. that is also a possibility. Um, this requires the central bank, though, to change the ideological framework from which they operate, right? So a lot of people have spoken about how first world economies have used their central banks as lenders of last resort to help mm. the government to meet its financing requirements. That's also an option. And I think the governor of the Reserve Bank and his team, but also the National Treasury can use their muscle to use the government, the Reserve Bank in monetary policy to actually drive the national development agenda. It requires a completely different mindset, which is from the new liberal type economic framework, a shift. And I think, uh, Mm. let me just mention the new uh, Wine into Wineskins report that I've just written and released. Uh, Please read that, get a copy of that. And some of these ideas are in that new Wine into New Wineskins report. Yeah. Dr. Ntabisem Muleko, as always a pleasure. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. That there was uh, Dr. Ntabi Singh Moleko, development economist at Stellenbosch uh, University's business school. We're going to have to leave it there. The man with the music is standing alongside us. And uh, uh, we doff our hat to you all. Uh, you have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Take strength. Unonzi